0: Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and it is my great pleasure to be with you here on this Sunday the 30th of January, 2022. And what a wonderful, wonderful day it is to be an Australian as Ash Barty becomes the first woman to win the Australian Open in 44 years. And of course, at the same time, we see Special K, Kyrgios and Kukarnas win the men's doubles at the Australian Open as well. Such great stories, so different stories in many, many ways. Ash Barty a much more reserved figure who, of course, took time out from the tennis tour to look after her mental health and has come roaring back uh, and is a champion of the sport, an undoubted champion of the sport. The Special K, Kyrgios and kakanas childhood friends who really are showmen of the sport, uh, putting on quite a performance and a display, enjoyed by the audience to extraordinary levels. A real chalk and cheese pair of champions, but still champions nonetheless. Fantastic display of the full spectrum of what Australia can be like. And congratulations to them both. Of course, this Sunday was the return of insiders as well. And Anthony Albanese, leader of the Australian Labor Party and opposition here in Australia, was the first guest. And I have to say, Insiders has been off the air for seven weeks, and this was not an episode that I would chalk up as a classic. Not through any fault of Mr. Albanese's. I think Albo did a great job. In fact, Albo gave all the right answers to what were essentially all the wrong questions. David Spears fixated on will you increase funding for X? Will you increase funding for Y? What is the cost of P? What is the cost of Q? What is the cost of R? I've never seen a journalist talk to a Morrison government minister, let alone Scott Morrison, in that way, essentially (laughs) being fixated entirely on budget costings. It was though they expected Albo to have a fully- costed Commonwealth budget at his fingertips and to talk to it in detail. Labor is in opposition. Now, it's fine and good to scrutinise opposition policy, of course, but asking questions about opposition policies that haven't been announced, when you've been told quite clearly there will be announcements, is essentially wasting everyone's time. The public needs to know about the policies that have been announced. Asking for a time frame on when things will be announced, that would be more useful than asking for costings for things that haven't. You know, the Morrison government has failed so dismally throughout this pandemic. They have implemented 1920s policies in the 2020s, and it has cost Australians dearly it's cost livelihoods, and now it's costing lives. Anthony Albanese has talked about what he would do differently. And that's what we need. We need an insider's program and we need a media that actually talks about how things will go, how things will be different, not fixated on some 1920s policy around budget repair. Honestly, Listening to journalists talk about budget repair and budget bottom lines as though the UK and US haven't had budget deficits for the last 200 plus years is absurd. The fixation that the Australian media class have on this notion of the budget, as though somehow or another the Commonwealth budget isn't just one part of the overall economic picture. As though the economy is somehow a magical item that exists in the ether, instead of being a way of accounting for the various interactions, investments and decisions we as people make each and every day. Albo gave great answers, in my view. He talked about the things his government will do, how his government will do them. He didn't reel off a whole list of numbers and and dollar amounts. He talked about the outcomes he wants to achieve. Now, scrutinise that. How will you do that? What will that look like? And yes, it can be a bit technical. And yes, it can be not as interesting as big, flashy numbers. But the reality is, when you get behind the big, flashy numbers, there's not a lot there in many, many government announcements. And I want to talk about one of those that's coming today. New South Wales has announced a billion-dollar package for small business. Now, their definition of small business is any business of under $50 million. What they're proposing to do is provide those businesses that have had a 40% reduction in turnover with a subsidy of up to $5,000 a week to cover up to 20% of their payroll for the month of February. Now, at most, this will be $20,000. This is, sure, I'm, I'm certain will be welcomed by many people, and it's better than nothing. But it goes to my point. When you get behind the big number, the billion dollars, what does this mean at a tangible level? Well, it means that if you're a very small business that employs, say, four or five people in a cafe, up to 20% of your payroll will be supported by the New South Wales Government for the month of February. Nothing for January, which is the month where we've had all of the big wave of Omicron. The New South Wales Government keeps saying we've passed the peak in New South Wales, past the peak. But there's nothing to help those businesses that have suffered through all of that time, only for the month of February. What about rapid antigen tests? Well, there's something there as well. They'll fund up to 50% of the cost of rapid antigen tests, capped at $3,000, and not until the start of March. Again, too little, too late. These 1920s policies coming out in 2020. This free marketeering, this sense that the budget bottom line has to be protected, as though government revenue and government expenditure is somehow separate from we the people. Government exists to do what is needed to facilitate the people. And frankly, New South Wales Liberals, whether it's at a federal level with Scott Morrison or at a state level with Dominic Perrottet, do not have the policy gumption. They do not have the wits. They do not have the capacity to deal with these issues, to do what is needed. They're obsessed with things that FDR proved are the wrong things for government to focus on over a hundred years ago. And at the same time, in New South Wales, they're suffering the deadliest day of the pandemic. 52 people have passed away. You know, when I was watching insiders and they started to talk about WA, probably the most insightful observation was that in WA, keeping the borders closed is popular. And when you see what's happened in New South Wales and you see the struggle the rest of the country is having, you can understand why. 52 people dead in New South Wales today. 31 of those in aged care. The booster program, miles behind where it needs to be. Of course WA is not reopening. We see shortages in the East Coast. People choosing a sort of shadow lockdown to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Schools are due to go back. Now, Queensland has delayed their return, but Victoria and New South Wales are due back tomorrow in some cases. Yet Dominic Perrottet, the boy prince of New South Wales, has said you don't have to do a rat test on day one. You just have to do two a week. Now, honestly... How can you say to people, do two a week, but don't bother? You don't have to do it on day one. Surely day one is the most important time. Surely there should be children and parents and teachers doing rat tests today to determine whether or not they'll be well enough to go to school tomorrow. They simply do not know how to get out of this crisis. And frankly, That's not even the worst of it. We saw this week, and we talked about it a little bit on the week on Wednesday, the crisis in aged care. 31 of 52 deaths in New South Wales today were in aged care facilities. Our elders are suffering and have been suffering throughout the pandemic. So where is Richard Colbeck? Where is the Morrison government minister responsible for aged care? He is, apparently taking it on the chin. Taking it on the chin. Because it was exposed this week that Richard Colbeck spent three days at the cricket in Hobart when he had lied to a Senate committee about his availability to talk about his government's response to the pandemic. To talk about what he was doing as aged care minister to protect our elders. He was too busy dealing with the pandemic. And yet, as it was exposed this week, he was, in actual fact, at the cricket. In the same week where 1,198 facilities had COVID exposures, where 20,000 cases of COVID were recorded amongst residents and staff in aged care facilities, when in a week where 435 of our elders died from COVID, where Workers in their unions, providers through their peak bodies, were begging the government to provide defence force assistance. Richard Colbeck was too busy, too busy to talk about the pandemic because he was at the cricket enjoying free tickets. When confronted with this information, Morrison didn't say, I've given Richard 24 hours to consider his position. He didn't say, I'll be sacking Richard Colbeck in the morning. He said, Richard Colbeck has heard that criticism and is taking it on the chin. What about the tens of thousands of family members who have lost loved ones, whose loved ones are in lockdown in their rooms, not in the facility, but in their rooms, supermax prison style? What about those people? They're just expected to take it on the chin? Where's the ministerial accountability? Where is the responsibility? Of course, we know that Morrison doesn't hold his ministers to account. We know he lets them do whatever they like. And the most punishment they can expect is a bit of a chastisement. They can literally get away with anything, as long as Scott Morrison is Prime Minister. As long as they continue to support the inept, ineffective, unaccountable, pork-barrelling leadership of Scott Morrison, his ministers will be allowed to act in the same way. And as was discussed on Insiders, the Australian people have basically had enough. You know, Albo gave the right answers to the wrong questions today on Insiders, When asked how much will this cost, how much will you spend on this, how will you pay for it, he said, we'll stop the waste, we'll stop the pork barrelling, we'll stop the corruption. Instead of leaving things to the last minute and having to overpay, instead of handing out money to mates and donors, we'll have an independent corruption commission. We'll do things properly. We will have a proper public service. We will deliver on time and on budget. We will build the capacity of our nation. The Morrison government plunders our Commonwealth. And realistically, the only people who benefit are the people who plunder alongside them. That's what I took away from the first episode of Insiders in 2022, was that this year will be a big year of choices for the Australian people. We can choose to have more of the same with Morrison, and look, he'll give a press club speech this week, and it'll be interesting to see what he says. Because Elbo talked about secure work, talked about having safer workplaces. And of course, we know that with rats, the shortages are making our workplaces less safe. Michelle O'Neill was on Sunrise today, the President of the Australian Council of Trade Unions, the President of the Australian Union Movement, talking about the need to have free and accessible rapid antigen tests. And again, I would encourage people, join your union, australianunions.org.au. Wow. Go to the Australian Union's website, support the petition for free and accessible rapid antigen tests. Use the tool that's on their website to write to your MP and demand this. The Morrison government does nothing but respond, so give them something to respond to. Take up the call of the union movement. Join the union movement in demanding free and accessible rapid antigen tests so that our workplaces are safer, so that our schools are safer, so that our elders are safer, so that we're all... Safer. You know, without the union movement pushing the Morrison government, these things just wouldn't be happening. You know, the the minor improvements wouldn't even be happening. We know this week, rapid antigen tests were supposed to be free for concession card holders, and yet pharmacies around the country didn't have any to give out. It's a troubling, troubling time. So the big decision this year will be between more of the same with the Morrison government and I'm sure on Tuesday he'll announce tax cuts. There's no question it'll be, look how good our economic record is. Ask yourself though, behind those big figures, behind those big announcements, what does it really mean? Do you actually feel better off or do you feel worse off? Is your job more secure or less secure? Is your income more secure or less secure? Is the cost of living going up or going down? Are things better or are things worse? And ultimately, the decision is, do you stick with Morrison or do you change to Albanese? That's where we'll get to. And look, that's really my weekend wrap. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please do like, share, comment, talk to your friends. Don't forget to check out our Buy Me A Coffee supporter page. Just overwhelming the level of support people have for the week on Wednesday and the weekend wrap as well. Uh, The weekend wrap, we started it as a way just to really tidy up some of the issues that come out towards the end of the week. Uh, Make sure that the Friday afternoon dump in the news cycle didn't get away scot-free. Uh, And really, people have been so supportive of me doing it. So I really appreciate that. Uh, You can check out our Buy Me A Coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash week on Wednesday. And of course, as always, Van will be back with me on Wednesday afternoon for the week on Wednesday. Until then, remember to be kind to yourself and to each other.